You're listening to the IFF TV podcast, presented by Paul Nealon. Hello and welcome to Irish Football Fan TV. This is the Irish Abroad Show and it's myself, Paul Needle, and I'm joined by our man, Adam Courtney. We're going to be here talking all things Irish football from the weekend and a little bit from during the week as well. Adam, how are you? Not too bad, Paul. How's things with yourself? All good. Uh, good weekend for the Irish players. I'm sure we'll be uh, getting into it now. It's It's nice to actually be coming into weekends where we can actually talk about Irish players doing stuff in the Premier League and I suppose not to waste any time and if anyone is joining us um, let us know in the comments I see there already there's a Borussia Dortmund fan saying he's better than Haaland um, so that's a good start but obviously Evan Ferg's lucky we, we know he scored the equaliser fantastic header world class header and that's not without getting carried away like everyone likes to tell us that we're getting carried away when we try and celebrate an Irish player scoring a goal a fantastic header. He came off the bench in the 66th minute as Brighton were losing 2-1 and he came and he was the hero and he got uh, Brighton the goal. What were, what were your thoughts on the goal? Did you see the goal? And um, just your thoughts on, on Evan Ferguson in general. I know you spoke a little bit about him last week but he's just impressing everyone every week. Yeah, he's doing unbelievable. Um, I did see a comment saying that um, Haaland is the Irish Ferguson so, or the Norwegian Ferguson, sorry. So, you know, not surprised with that. Um, he's got three goals and two assists in four Premier League appearances in his last four. And only two of those are starts, you know. Um, he's doing unbelievable. Like, if this was an English player, you know, there'd be so much more hype around him. Um, I think we're kind of afraid to almost put forward or kind of, you know, talk up our young Irish players. But... You can't really fault Ferguson at the moment, you know, he's doing unbelievable. Like every game you think, oh, you know, he's kind of bound to have a blank uh, this game, but he still just keeps going. Um, for the header, it was a great header, you know, coming on is around the 65th minute and he comes on 88th minute with, you know, a side trailing 2-1 away from home um, to Leicester, you know, really impressive header. Um, guided it across the box, like the way he kind of got up he's so aggressive in the air and like he just wants the ball so badly when he's jumping up for that like it's so impressive to see uh, i seen ian wright saying recently about the aggression in ferguson's game and i i completely agree i think that's something that really sets him apart from a lot of a lot of other forwards that kind of like like as a chelsea fan like he reminds me a bit of like diego costa not in terms of his kind of antics on the pitch but his the way his he plays the way he uses his body the way he is in the air, he's so aggressive, he's so dominant. And to think that he's only 18 and he's, you know, in this, it's it's unbelievable. Um, we were saying there just before we come on, I think if things even go somewhat close to what he's been doing in his first few games, he has to be starting for Ireland 100% up front. I've been saying for a while now, I think he needs to start anyway because how many of our, our strikers are playing at Premier League level? I mean, our best striker... Uh, you would say on paper, it's not even playing for his club at the moment. We'll come to him later in Obafemi. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that goal by Ferguson, the way he took it, like he had no real right to score from the angle that he was at. And obviously, the, uh, uh, what impressed me the most about Evan Ferguson was 
he wasn't just happy with scoring the goal like other players maybe his age were he was like no let's get the ball let's get back let's try and win this game and even their manager then on the sideline is Erby like he was then willing them on to get the ball but he didn't like look around and go oh yeah this is my moment he's like right ball let's get back to the halfway line let's go again and try and get another goal that was what impressed me the most although the header was absolutely outstanding and as he said already it was a world class header yeah 100% I completely agree um, that's another thing like as you said that kind of mentality to you know not just be happy to think I've scored a last minute equaliser in the Premier League for my team he's, he's wanting another one like he's got that kind of killer mentality it's in the box um, he's just devastating really and he's not just happy to be there you know like he's not just happy to say oh I'm a Premier League player you know I'm, I've done amazing he's definitely not resting on his laurels he's keeping coming again and again and again and you can only see this kind of continuing with the way he's the way his trajectory is it's really really impressive what he's doing at 18 you know if he was 22 or 23 you'd be saying you know he could have a really good career in the Premier League but what he's doing at 18, you know, it really is scary to think. Um, and he's only recently 18 in October, I think he turned 18. Um, he's averaging a contribution, goal contribution every 40 minutes at the moment. And I know, obviously, that's a kind of a small sample size. But still, the, the way he's going is so impressive. I'm, I, I said, I'm kind of repeating what I said last week, but he is just a, a huge prospect and someone I'm really, really looking forward to kind of tracking over the next few months and seeing how he progresses for the rest of this season. Yeah, I think that's everybody's just excited to see how he gets on and can he keep up the form from now till the end of the season. But I think I think a lot more people are, are hoping that he can just keep up the form coming into March and then he's obviously going to be in the squad he was in the last squad when he was barely playing for Brighton. So obviously the powers that be and the, the likes of Stephen Kenny and his coaching staff are, are made aware of him, maybe by players that played against him and stuff like that, the likes of Shane Duffy's and, and this and that. Um, but look, we want, we'd like um, him to continue his upward trajectory. I hope it's not a case of him peaking, which I don't think it is, where people have said that that was the case with the likes of Troy Parrott and, and Aaron Connolly previously. I don't think that's the case with Ferguson. You could see that there's a real um, grounding in him and and the way he was brought up. He, he doesn't seem to let himself get too far ahead. A bit like the person I'm about to go on to next, Seamus Coleman, who started uh, and played a, a 45 minutes for Everton against West Ham. He was subbed off at half-time and so was another player, I can't remember who, at the don't really want to go into that game too much because uh, it's another terrible loss for Everton and uh, yeah relegation beckons for us at the, at the moment and it's not looking good and that's not Seamus Coleman's fault um, I think it's the the board and the people around uh, the club at the moment are just a, a cancer to the club and and Coleman's voices opinion on this stuff before uh, that the club is a mess and nobody has, has acted on it so um, not surprised but he seems to be a bit of a fall guy whenever things go wrong at the moment but he started uh, and came off at half time then uh, Gavin Bazudu played uh, 90 minutes as uh, Villa beat Southampton 1-0 on sofa score though uh, Bazudu got a 7.2 rating and um, I did see a little bit on match of the day where he had a missed kick and they nearly scored but, but he saved it in the end he looks a slight bit nervous at the moment from from what I saw of him. But uh, Cuevin Kelleher uh, was on the bench for Liverpool in their 0-0 draw over with Chelsea. Um, uh, but he did play in 90 minutes against Wolves in the FA Cup during the week. And they won that game against Nathan Collins and Joe Hodge. 
Uh, Nathan Collins then obviously played today against City. Had a really good first half. People were raving about him on Twitter and stuff like that. So David Snape was, was really impressed with him. And then Haaland being the robot he is, uh, he came out in the second half and then just destroyed Wolves. And um, they ended up winning 3-0. Joe Hodge, I didn't see his, his name pop up there, but he did sign a new long-term deal with Wolves this week, which is great news. And speaking earlier with the Sunday Times, um, well, I'm sure it was earlier in the week, but he did basically announces intention to play for Ireland and he's no intention of playing for England so um, out of all of that um, Adam uh, that's the Premier League and Matt Doherty was an unused sub for Spurs uh, after losing 4-0 to, uh, 4-2 to Man City um, away from home so is there anything there that you particularly want to speak about I would probably Joe Hodge is probably the talking point there yeah, yeah. Um, the Wolves, two lads at Wolves, you know, they're two big players for us um, looking into the future. Um, yeah, regarding Nathan Collins, I know it's, you know, it might look silly to criticise him when a striker scored a hat-trick, but, you know, Haaland could do that to, to anyone. Haaland can do that to Real Madrid, you know. Um, Nathan Collins was really, really impressive in the first half. He stopped two goals basically by himself, uh, cleared two two goals off the line. Um and I thought the most impressive part wasn't even just the goal line clearances. It was actually the way he was on the ball. Like I said this before, but he he is genuinely a player I could see playing at a top four club in the next two to three years um, if he keeps going the way he is because he's just so comfortable on the ball. Um, I'm fairly sure at underage level he used to play in midfield. And, you know, you can clearly see that he's just so comfortable. Like he, he does remind me of like a top, top centre half. Like, if you look at someone like Thiago Silva in terms of the way he is on the ball, like centre midfielder, like, he gets it under pressure with one or two strikers pressing him and he just doesn't doesn't feel the pressure, always picks out the right pass. Um, it's just so confident uh, on the ball. And that's something that's really, really impressive, especially for Ireland. You know, a lot of the time, you know, historically, Irish players have been accused of, you know, you know like just playing long balls or hoofing it or whatever. But he looks like a player who can really help us pass out of the back and I think he's a massive player for Stephen Kenny in terms of that style because Stephen Kenny is you know a manager who likes to keep the ball he's not just wanting to put them under pressure you know so um no I do think that's really impressive but yeah Joe Hodge also um it's really impressive to see he, he signed a, a four and a half year deal there uh recently during the you week know, yeah. 20 years old just joined from Man City yeah in 2021 he just joined there from Man City um so he was at Man City for years but to have him kind of come out and so clearly commit his future to Ireland that's really really exciting times for us because he's a player who's clearly able to cut it in the Premier League um I remember he made a senior debut for Wolves in the Premier League against Chelsea so I was watching that game they did lose 3-0 but I did remember him coming on and looking really impressive looking like he could cut it at that level. He didn't look out of place or out of his depth. Um, you know, I think we've all got that worry of a, a player, you know, he could go and play for England or whatever. But I think what he said, you have to believe what he says. You know, he's clearly stated that his loyalty's lie with, with Ireland. He hasn't accepted an English call-up since he was under 16 level, I think. Um, so, you know, it's really exciting for us. And I'm looking forward to what he can do for Ireland. And hopefully he gets capped soon because... He's playing consistently in the Premier League, which is something you can't say about a lot of players. Yeah, I think with Hodges, the fact that he's actually came out uh, and he said, I, I basically 
England don't come into the question, it's Ireland for me. That's what Irish fans want to hear. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, Rice or whatever. I think with Joe Hodge, there's a genuine actual uh, affinity that he wants to be the, a man that represents for his family uh, and for himself. So I think he sees it as a really good opportunity for him to excel. He doesn't seem to be one of these players who chases like the limelight or chases all these mad uh, deals like probably Rice did. Um, but he's a player who looks like he's going to be a solid, steady midfielder in the Premier League and we don't have too many of them so I think to get someone like him in and, and someone who, who's willing to basically uh, commit himself is fantastic. I'm just going to pull up his uh, his quotes from the Sunday Times today just of what he said in case any fans that are on this may have missed it. Uh, so he said uh, hand on my heart I don't have a sorry hand on my heart I don't have a problem saying that I want to play for Ireland I'm clear on it I don't have a problem uh, I don't have a problem coming to do an interview like this because I'm not phased by that question. Up until I was 16, I played for both and never turned down a call-up. But when I had the choice, I picked Ireland and I wouldn't turn back on that. I'm committed to Ireland, but it does get annoying because i never given any suggestion that I would play for England. I have never turned down a call-up for Ireland. Um, so that's just kind of the little... Uh, the little take out of the of the interview. You'd have to go to the Sunday Times to read the whole thing. I I didn't used to is behind a paywall. But anyway, um, that's what you want to hear from a player who is an exciting prospect. Um, and someone like who we're going to be touching on shortly, uh, Will Smallbone. You know, I know he got called up, but uh, he needs to play in a competitive game now. And um, then we can get maybe Hodge and Smallbone, get them capped in March. And then we have uh, exciting midfielders to add to what we already have with Josh Cullen, Jason Malumbi and, and so on. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been a while since I've been this optimistic about our, uh, about our team going forward and the fact that these lads are playing Premier League. Nathan Collins, look, I've, I've spoken about him previously. I think he's going to be a world-class centre-back and um, just a, a really good player and a future Ireland captain, I'm sure. Yeah, for yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, I could see that happening, as you said. Just to touch on it again, with you know, kind of finally feeling that buzz and that optimism about an Ireland and around Irish football, both men's and women's. You know, I think obviously the women's World Cup has been a massive factor in you know the qualifying for that. That's something that's never happened before, so that's massive. But also the kind of success of the Ireland underage teams, like you've seen the under twenty ones there, just literally miss out on a penalty shootout to get into the Euros, and then the 15s, 17s, 19s, they have great players coming through. Um, they're beating big nations in different games. And I've seen the rankings come out during the week. Um, and we've got a, a good few, a good few of our our underage teams in, you know, the top 10, top 15 in the world. So, you know, it's really impressive. It's something that we haven't, we've been saying for a while, we're crying out for, you know, players coming through at, a really high level and now we're getting it like the likes of Ferguson coming through um, Joe, Joe Hodge as well like these players getting opportunities in the Premier League which is something that looked it was a bit bleak maybe three four years ago where you think where's the next you know kind of 20 year old Irish player coming into the Premier League but now we're getting a few of them you know you've got Pizzuno and Collins kind of already established players for for solid Premier League sides so I can see, I could definitely see Joe Hodge becoming that for Wolves. Um, Lopetegui, since he's come in, has given him big chances, so you have to be optimistic. Um, it's probably the first time I've felt optimistic in a few years now. 
with Ireland and I feel like the team's only on yeah, no, I'd agree, and it's it's been a long time coming, especially doing this channel when you're trying to pluck uh, little small golden nuggets of, of positive stories. But now you know players are, are actually starting to kind of get their chance, and, and they're taking their chances, which is more important. So yeah, look, we'll move on to the championship there. Um, Will Smallbone scored in a 4-0 win over Reading with Jeff Hendrick and Shane Long both playing for Reading in that game. Uh, Callum Robinson played 90 minutes. Uh, this week for Cardiff after scoring uh, two goals versus Leeds. Uh, Mark McGuinness also started for Cardiff having returned from Sheffield Wednesday. Um, they both played against Millwall, against Danny McNamara, um, who in which Millwall won. So um, Wigan, lo uh, Wigan lost to uh, Luton. So they're like rock bottom of the championship um, at the moment, which wasn't good for them, unfortunately. Uh, James McLean and Will Keane did start for Wigan and Louis Watson played for Luton. Just on that, like with Wigan um, being down at the bottom of the of the championship, what are your thoughts on on them and McLean? Because obviously he's playing at the bottom end of the championship. It doesn't really bode well for his international chances. Although he hasn't been playing that badly. If you're looking at stats, um, statistical ratings, he's been quite good. Yeah, no. When you look at Jamie. You know, he's one of our most experienced senior pros at this stage. You know, he's been an unbelievable servant for his country for must be like 11, 12 years at this stage. He's got, he's just under 100 caps. Um, you know, he's he's been a great servant. But as you said there, doesn't really bode well playing at that kind of lower championship level, you know, especially when you've got someone like Ryan Manning, who's doing unbelievable for Swansea at the moment. Um McLean is he's definitely going to be part of the squads, but yeah, when you look at Wigan overall, it's been a strange kind of few years. You know, when you think of like they were such solid kind of Premier League staple sides, but you know now they've, they've kind of fallen off a lot. You know that's happened to a lot of clubs, but yeah, in terms of James McLean and Will Keane, it's not it doesn't bode well for them. Um, McLean though, I do think that you know he has to keep his place in the squad. Obviously with Manning. It's tough to say whether he should start or not because, you know, when someone like Manning is doing so well and he's, his creativity from, from the back as well, like, it's a tough one for McLean. But I do feel for him because he's in a tough situation um, down there. But, you know, I'd still keep him as part of the squad anyway. Um, starting is a tough one, but, yeah, he's a, he has been an unbelievable pro and I'd say he's, he's massive in the dressing room as well. Same as kind of Seamus Coleman earlier. Like a lot of those kind of players, the senior big name players, they're the ones who get the flack when things are going badly. But at the same time, it's not only their fault. You know, he has been playing well for Wigan this season. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too harsh on him at the moment. Yeah. The only thing is, is that Robbie Brady's come back from uh, injuries as well. Uh, he looks to be back playing. He started for Preston and we'll come to him shortly. But um, just with, McLean, I just think I think there's a there's a high emphasis to try and get him to the hundred caps, um, because he's so close to it now. But I just think you know you, you need to start playing like sentiment has to go out the window sometimes, and you have to be playing your best players. And if he's if I'm not saying he's not performing, but if his club is performing at, at that level, you know, could even McLean get a move away from Wigan? and do better for for the sake of his international career is more what I mean because Swansea are doing well but anyway uh, I digress 
Um, Bristol City drew 1-1 with uh, Blackburn Rovers. Max O'Leary played the full 90 and Mark Sykes had probably his poorest game in a while. He was going through a bit of a nice goal scoring patch there but he only played 66 minutes. Uh, Jimmy Dunn played as QPR drew 1-1 with Swansea. I think Ryan Manning had set up, uh, he created six chances in that game. There's no real, uh, that's not really that good if uh, no one's putting those chances away but good from him to uh, be the man doing that. Um, he Got an 8.2 rating on sofa score and no Michael Obafemi as it looks as though he's out the door with Bernie, but still no um, no progress on that so far that I've heard at this moment of time. Uh, Chiodozio Benny played in a 1-1 draw against Watford for Rotherham. Uh, he played up front for the full 90. Then uh, Sheffield United beat Hull one nil. Uh, John Egan captain the blades, uh, the blades, sorry, to victory. And Aaron Conley started, as did Cyrus Christie and Sean McLaughlin played centre back in that game. Then uh, Burnley played West Brom, <clears throat> and it was Josh Cullen versus Jason Malumbi in the midfield. And Darrow Shea was captaining uh, West Brom. Uh, Burnley won that game two one, if I didn't already say. And then uh, Norwich City beat Coventry. Away from home, they beat them. They beat Coventry four two. Omobama Deli came in, played that game, um, and Ida got twenty odd minutes um, there for for Norwich, uh, but he didn't get on the score sheet. Then uh, Preston, Preston versus Birmingham, um, there was a lot of Irish involvement there. Kevin Long, Scott Hogan, uh, they were both started for Birmingham, and then uh, up front for uh, Preston, Thomas or Tom Cannon, sorry. Um, on loan from Everton Liam Delap, who's still the jury's out whether he is actually uh, eligible for Ireland a couple of people still uh, strongly believe he is some people strongly believe he isn't so whatever you want to believe on that for now um, Robbie Brady and Adam Brown all started as well Greg Cunningham was an unused sub and then Troy Parrott replaced Tom Cannon late, late on in the game it's good to see Troy back uh, playing then League 1 um I just only a few bits here there for League One and I'll come back up to the championship there. So just keep your your thinking cap on there if there's anything you wanted to go on to in the championship. Actually no, we'll we'll go to the championship first and then we'll come back to, to League One. So is there anything there uh, that stands out to you? Um mainly the small bone um small bone goal there in Stokes four 0 win over Redden. Um I seen Stephen Kenny was attending the match too and he was saying before the match that he was excited to see Smallbone and Hendrick kind of facing off, but um, Smallbone put them 1-0 up in the 11th minute with a, a really, really good strike from the edge of the box, kind of curling past the keeper with the inside of his foot, but he's a really exciting player. Um, I've been down in Tala a few times when the under-21s have been playing and I've seen him seen him in the flesh and I have to say he's, he's a really exciting player. He's got that kind of creativity that he reminds me sort of of like a kind of a Wes Hoolan kind of a player. He's just so creative and he can kind of make something out of nothing. His vision is unbelievable as well. Um, I just love the way he drives at the ball too. When he gets it from deep and he just drives from deep in midfield, I just think he's got a player with, he's a player with real potential for Ireland. Um, him and Joe Hodge kind of as a midfield duo would be really something I'd really love to see. Um but yeah, Smallbone is someone I'd love to see capped for the team as well. I know, as you said there, he was part of the last squad, but didn't didn't get a minute. Um, but yeah, he's someone I'd really love to see because he's been probably the 21's best player in the campaign um, in which they nearly qualified for the Euros. So yeah, he'd be someone I'd love to see a bit of a bit of playtime in the coming up games. Yeah, um, 
I, th- I was I thought he was unlucky not to get some game time in the last uh, or well some real you know game time I, everyone was excited to see him and thought oh he was going to be the one that was going to be brought in and everyone could have a look at and then nothing really happened there so I'd like to see him uh, get a good run out now next time um, and maybe start looking to kind of build a team around a small bone as that creative midfielder if that's what you're going to do and then have your Malumbian Cullen sit or Joe Hodge and, and Cullen sit or whatever whatever way you want to mix I think Joe Hodge can play that position as well so it's good to have the options in there rather than just saying oh we don't have the players I'm just going to sit back and try and absorb it's just not look it's it's definitely positive. Of course, the Omar Bamadeli back, and hopefully, if he can stay fit between now and March, he'll be back in there, and he he'll probably be in our, in our back three with probably you'd say John Egan and maybe Nathan Collins. But then again, Darrow Shea is still captain in West Brom and doing very well there. So again, we've got good options yeah. there too, which is good. So happy days. Just uh, hope they can both uh, continue to stay. Or sorry, hope they all can continue to stay fit and avoid injury coming up to that break because we'll need the squad and then uh, League 1 Forest Green uh, were beaten 2-1 by MK Dons Uh, Dawson DeVoe started that game Darrell Burns was a unused sub Um, and then uh, Luke O'Connell played the full 90 90 as Barnsley beat Accrington Stanley who were they 3-1 in the in League 1 and then uh, Portsmouth beat Exeter 2-0 Pierce Sweeney started and captained for Exeter uh, Max Harness started for Ipswich in a 2-1 loss to Oxford and Stefan Agrew who recently joined Oxford from Shelburne um, was an unused sub in that game then Plymouth Finn Azaz, the magic man um, he assisted two goals uh, he played 65 minutes and Tyreek Wright started on the left and he played 73 minutes and Sean Long captained Cheltenham at centre half uh, Sheffield Wednesday beat um Fleetwood Town 1-0 Promise I'm a share started for Fleetwood and then Phoenix Patterson formerly of Waterford he was a 66th minute sub for Fleetwood but he couldn't help them get a goal uh, then again keeping it Irish uh, related um, Derby beat Bolton 2-1 two former uh, Premier League uh, gladiator clubs um, Howrahan and Sadler are both scoring um, and then uh, Jason Knight played as did Didzy Owen Toll started at centre back for Bolton um, James Collins replaced McGoldrick on 75 minutes and uh, Sadler actually came on and he's in the 7 minutes he was on he got a goal so he's always good for a goal to be fair so there that's their League 1 roundup. if I missed anything there let us know in the comments um, but anything you want to touch on there I'd say you're probably looking at t- talking about Finn Azaz yeah, Finazaz, um, what a performance from him, obviously, too, against his former side, Cheltenham. He was on loan there before as well. Um, he's got six goals and six assists in 17 League One games this season for Plymouth. So you have to say he's doing unbelievable out on loan there. And you'd imagine that maybe he'll stay and try to play for them in the Championship because they're looking likely to win the league now, to win League One. So, But if not, you know... Definitely a championship club will be coming in from next summer, either permanently or on loan. Uh, he's a player who impressed me, again, just watching the 21s, especially in that game against Israel in the, the playoff. I thought he was really impressive. Um, he's kind of just, he's just dangerous on the ball. He just looks like someone who's always going to do something. Um, he's kind of like a winger, number 10 kind of 
just he is just a player who's just really dangerous and he's one of great numbers at only 22 to be getting you know 12 goal contributions in 17 league one games you know it's, he's someone who probably would also be thinking i'm not too far away from a call up here you know um obviously you've got great players in that position like hodge and smallbone who we've talked about before amongst the kind of more senior members uh for midfield but he's definitely someone who i'd be looking at um as well for sure yeah i think it's just the fact that he's 22 he should be really kicking on from here i think um 22 as a footballer is not really that young um in my eyes anymore i think you know a lot of, a lot of your good players have not established themselves but they've kind of made a name before that now i understand there's late developers and stuff like that look he's came in um jim crawford kind of was made aware of him and brought him in he he done all right in the israel game for the playoff i'd love to see him um just now take that next step and, and just see him, see where he goes and um, speaking of a player who's uh doing quite well actually jamie mcgrath scored a lovely uh, bicycle kick for dundee and their 3-0 win in the scottish cup over sterling university and then boston lowell um the he made his debut for celtic coming on as a late uh, sub uh, a Celtic beat Greenock Morton 5 0 in the Scottish Cup. Now, that's all I have in terms of the, the research because it was kind of last minute research uh, this week. So, if, the, if we missed anything in the comments, just let us know. Um, we'll make sure to fix it up next, for next week. But uh, yeah, uh, Jamie McGrath going a lovely goal. Did you see that goal? Yeah, yeah, it's like an overhead kick. It was really impressive. Yeah. Jamie McGrath has, you know, he's done unbelievable since making that move, you know. Um, He's always someone I thought has really done really well for Ireland. Um, he's always kind of a diminutive kind of player in the midfield. Um, we've got kind of a good few of them now when you think of it. Um, but Jamie McGrath, I have to say, there was an unbelievable goal the way it was taken as well. Um, but he's someone I'm really looking forward to seeing um, playing more for Ireland. Whenever I've watched him for the seniors team, he's been he's been great. So you know, I've only good things to say about. Him. Yeah, um, I I love Jamie McGrath. I think he's one of those players that every like every time he plays, he seems to give a decent performance. Don't know why it's not worked out from really a club level because he's been so good internationally. But who's to know? Anyway, um, I think that we will leave it at that for our Irish abroad show for this week. Um, we'll be back again, I'm sure, uh, probably probably an earlier time next week. But um, huge thanks to yourself, Adam, for joining me and uh, giving your insight. Um, for this week's Irish Abroad Show. Cheers, thank you. Yeah, guys, if you're uh, watching, don't forget to like the video, don't forget to subscribe. If you're listening on podcasts or anything like that, make sure to leave a five-star review and, uh, yeah, drop it a comment. And if we missed anything, let us know in the comments. And as I said before, we will be sure to fix it up next week. The IFF TV Podcast, presented by Paul Nealon. Like, rate, and subscribe.